Harry Mitchell, successful businessman, loving husband, a man who has now become the perfect target. Sit down, sport. Look, Mitch, you've seen some of this before. Stuff your girlfriend shot while your wife thought you were at a convention in Miami. Mitch, you're in very serious trouble. You pay us 105 grand a year for the rest of your life. No! They're ruthless. The cops find a body with no clothes on, the gun with your prints all over it. Desperate. He got an airtight case against me. It's my gun. I'm scared, Mitch. The only thing they didn't count on was Mitch having a plan of his own. Hey everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD. And I'm Randy. And today we're talking about a movie called 52 Pickup, written by... Elmore Leonard, who also wrote the original book. And the screenplay. <laughs> That's why I just said he also wrote the original book. He wrote the screenplay for this one, which is kind of a remake of a movie they did last year for Canon uh, called The Ambassador, which was also based on his book. But it's not really anything alike yes. other than... So, before we go any further, I'm going to give you the plot for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, blackmailers have the U.S. ambassador, played by Robert Mitchum, uh, to Israel's wife, Ellen Burstyn, on film with her PLO lover. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong uh, one. Um, that was, that the was the That was the ambassador. Yeah, that's an entirely different <clears throat> movie. Okay, so uh, based off the internet, this gritty movie follows the plot to blackmail wealthy industrialist Harry Mitchell, married to an aspiring politician. Harry has been caught having an affair with a cine, a much younger woman. And it snowballs from that point on. It's This movie is a neo-noir film, so it snowballs in the way that those films always do. To a lot of death and chaos and an ending that's pretty explosive, all things considered. You might be, you might say you'd be blown away by that ending. Yeah, so... Because uh, I know John Glover was. Speaking of, John Glover was uh, one of the villains of this movie. As this movie actually has, it's like I'm going to do a little bit earlier, kind of a highlight, early highlight here, J.D. Mm-hmm. It has a phenomenal cast. Yeah. You have Roy Scheider as Harry Mitchell. You have Mary, uh, Mary, uh, what was her name again? And Margaret mm-hmm. as his wife, Barbara Mitchell, the aspiring politician. Yeah. You have his mistress, Sinny, mm-hmm. played by a young Kelly Preston. Yep. And then finally, villain-wise, you have John Glover as Alan Ramey. Yep. Clarence Williams III as Bobby Shy. Yep. And Robert Trebor as Leo Franks. And finally, featuring Vanity as Doreen. Yeah, it was a pretty good cast, all things considered. They, um... And directed by a name that you may be familiar with from a previous episode we did. Mm-hmm. One John Frankenheimer. Yes, he directed The Challenge from 1981, I believe, which was a pretty good movie, honestly. So yeah, the, the, the big elephant in the room, as we said. It's like, in 1984, Cannon released The Ambassador, which they had got Elmer mm-hmm. Leonard to initially write a script. And he said, no, this is no good. I mm-hmm. want my name taken off. I have nothing to do with it. Because it has which, nothing to do with which this at all. Which had no, barely anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then John Frankenheimer wanted to, had read this book and said, I want to do it. Found out that Cannon owned the rights to it. Went to them and said, hey, do you mind if I uh, adapt the novel? And they went, okay. Mm-hmm. And so that led to a year later them putting out the same movie. Well, same in air quotes here. Really, air because they only share the the blackmail plot, except that one of the two movies does not forget about the blackmail plot. Yeah, in the ambassador, the blackmail plot is at the beginning of the movie, disappears for about three quarters of it, then shows up near the end of it, and that's pretty much. And then it it. becomes the Grinch who stole Christmas. Yeah, 
it's more that one's more of a <clears throat> a vehicle for like a I, I want to say a message, so to speak. It's yeah, that not, ends up being a mess, a weird message film. Yeah, it's set not. In this, is, this isn't a message film. This is just a straightforward uh, crime story of things. Straightforward neo noir. Yeah, spin, things spin out of control and get worse and worse and worse until everything literally explodes at the end and everybody gets what they deserve. So, what'd you think? I really liked it, honestly. I wasn't expecting a whole lot because uh, probably because the ambassador <laughs> it's oh. colored my impression of it. It sure as hell kicked its acider. Oh, it did because uh, I was sitting down and dreading it. But uh, as it went on, I I found myself engaged all the way through to the end. It was it continued these spot to spiral out of control. The performances were very engaging, and it didn't feel as long as the movie actually was, which is always a good sign for something like this. How about you? What did you think of this one? Probably not as high on it as you are, but it's like, I enjoyed it definitely more than The Ambassador. <laughs> it's like, I enjoy some John Frankenheimer films. Yeah. And also, for a very long time, I was very much reading a lot of noir. Mm-hmm. Like when I was younger and I seen a lot of noir films. So I get a lot of the things that it's going for. A lot of Elmore Leonard. Oddly enough, I haven't read any Elmore Le- Leonard novels. Oh, so ever. Uh, this is kind of out of your wheelhouse a little bit. See, then. the only thing I've ever even seen remotely connected to Elmore Leonard mm-hmm. is FX's Justified. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure most people would Starring Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. Oliphantastic himself. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was impressive. I, like it's not one of the best movies I've ever seen in the show or anything like that, but for uh, a, a thriller, crime thriller, I really enjoyed it. Mostly because of the performances and the performances are the strongest part of this film yeah and i'm always a fan of things that kind of start in a certain place and spiral into another place and where it ends to a logical conclusion and that's what this movie did really well and the thing i want to add though is that it's like a great mm-hmm. cast and well john frankenheimer doesn't really have a like a noticeable style you don't look at something and go this is john frankenheimer mm-hmm. but you watch this movie and you go this is a professional director he knows what he's doing yeah uh, there are shots in here that kind of make you go, wow, I like that, sh- the framing he has going there. Sort of a lot like the challenge. It's not really something that you would say, oh, that's obviously Yeah, he doesn't have a distinctive style, but he does have a distinctive type of story he likes to tell. He knows how to do what he wants to do, and it it always comes out well just because of the presentation, as far as I can tell. I haven't seen every movie he's ever done, but from what I've seen, I think he's a good director. So, since our general impressions are more or less positive why would you be your low light of the film yeah that's where it's i kind of like lose a little bit on it mm-hmm. the plot is very plotting it's mm-hmm. like the, the plot the pacing um sometimes uh frankenheimer will just mm-hmm. let scenes breathe mm-hmm. like almost natural naturalistically and, and it's like i find that the movie ends up dragging on and on Hmm. It's like I felt that it could have been cut tighter because as is the movie clocks in at a little under two hours and it felt significantly longer. It's 110 minutes. It felt at least like two and a half hours long. It's like it, it felt longer hmm. than didn't feel that long. And it, it's a lot of it's just it's a very plotting pace. I've seen it's like it just needs a tighter needed mm-hmm. a tighter cut. Yeah, I could definitely. Uh... There's a lot of stuff in the middle where it just kind of goes yeah. slow. Yeah, I could see that. I guess um, because of the amount of plot in the story, it feels like it should be about an hour and a half, basically, for what ends up happening in the movie. Yeah. It's about an hour, 50 minutes. So. And, and there's these there's a lot of these little things where it's just that instead of, like, focusing on the story, he'll pull away briefly for, like, a character moment. So you get an idea of, like, just how mm-hmm. bad, like, the villains are. You get the, the porno yeah. party, party. You get the um, a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff between... Uh, mm-hmm. 
what's his name, Bobby Shy and his girlfriend, uh, the prostitute and stripper and whatever, what yeah. have you, Dor- uh, Doreen. Uh, so you get a, like, a lot of these little things that could have been cut more for time, but mm-hmm. at the same time, if you cut them out, the performances wouldn't have been as strong. Yeah, because... Uh... That's probably the highlight of the film, honestly, would be the performances are really strong. Yeah, no, the highlight of the film is uh, John Glover, yeah. who, when it, when the first start all, it starts out, he's wearing a mask, and it, it sounds like it's John Malkovich <laughs> sitting there, and mm. you're like, but John Malkovich wasn't that big at this point in time, like yeah. like that 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 way of speaking wasn't that big or recognizable. No, he was re- he was really good. He was he played a kind of skeezy, manipulative oh, yeah. guy, and he did it uh... like unrepentant. He's despicable. He's uh, yeah. I'm trying to the word I'm looking for here, but he's yeah, uh, just despicable. I like the scene where he's with the other villain who is already proven Bobby Shives is a very malicious guy and he's very dangerous and he just basically stands up to him and lies straight to his face like yeah we're gonna split it we're, we're all good and he has like a gun on his crotch he's gonna blow him away and all that yeah and he's, and he's just playing straight like yeah, don't worry about it it's all and fine. and like I said and he depending on who he talks to mm-hmm. his way of speech changes yeah he definitely he knows how to deal what, with people whenever he whenever he's talking with the uh, with, with the criminal elements or or, or to um, Roy Scheider's uh, character Harry, yeah. he gets into that John Malkovichian sort of like cadence. But then when he's just talking directly to Harry outside, away from them, he goes back to more of a John Glover sort of way. Mm-hmm. But when he's with the porn stars, he he doesn't have that seediness anymore. He kind of has this more suaver sort of uh, thing going. He knows how to slide into. Uh, yeah, he, you can tell personas. that he's a very much a like a con man. Oh yeah, he, and, he, and a hardened criminal. Yeah. He's like he is prime. Uh, noir villain, like yeah, he's definitely very impressive. Of the three of them, he's definitely the worst one, and he—it's the reason he's the one who lasts the longest because he's really—he's a real backbiter, that guy. And also, I'm going to go back to cinematography, and here I'm going to call out the uh, mm-hmm. the cinematographer. It's uh, Joe uh, Jost Vacano. It's like it's a very distinctive, like the the way the shots are. Like I said, you can't say it's a Frankenheimer movie, but you say this is professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely it definitely uh, stands. As the movie stands out because it's not a whole like typical canon for instance like we already said the ambassador which in a way wasn't really typical canon either but the aims of the two movies are so entirely different even though they're based on the same okay script. yeah so the cinematography wise mm-hmm. uh just to get, get back to you it's like why it felt a little bit familiar yeah. he was a cinematographer on das boot Oh. He was the uh, and the never ending story prior to this the year like the year before actually fifty to pick up came in eighty six so two years after mm-hmm. ambassador Robocop eighty seven jeez Total Recall nineteen ninety wow Showgirls in ninety five those are movies from pretty Starship good... Troopers ninety seven those movies are pretty good cinematography with Kevin you... Bacon's Hollow Man two thousand whether you like them or not some of those movies the the cinematography in them are all pretty good so yeah so yeah and he's done a ton of more movies that were in German prior to this mm-hmm. definitely shows as a as a professional product and as I said if I didn't see the Ambassador first maybe I would have been more uh, into this one at the start but because of that movie kind of if there's one thing <laughs> that this this uh, made me want to do is make me want to go and read more Elmore Leonard stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've seen Justified, then you know the type of stuff he does because this is this is not that far out of the way of Justified. Yeah, it's really not. And, and it's been a while. Well, it's been a while since I've read for for, for personal reasons, but also it's mm-hmm. uh, been a while since I got into that that nice noir uh, hole. Yeah, which is, which is always comfy and interesting to get into. Yeah, if you're looking for a fun uh, noir noir movie, I wouldn't I wouldn't dissuade you from this one. I think it's definitely worth your time. And, and so, I would say stay away from the ambassador. Oh boy! <laughs> Unless you really are interested, and you, you yourself are doing a podcast of your own, and you want to compare and contrast these two movies yeah. that vary widely, even though they're from the 
same uh, source material. Source material? Go right ahead. Yeah, Let really, us know. I would like to hear that. Yeah, because there's, there's really no but, similarities between the two at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what uh, would be your score on this one, Randy? Now that's where we, we, we're going to get down to brass tacks here. It's like I love this. Like I said, I love the cinematography. It's like I love the directing. I love the acting. Mm-hmm. But that the plotting nature of the plot, mm-hmm. the the very long cuts. Or not long, like the long lingering shots. The lingering shots, yes. And the fact that the movie felt like it was so long, hmm. it gives it a hard time. It's like, part of me wants to go to four, but it's like, because of all these little things that bug me, it's like, it's it's keeping me from going to say, it's like, I want to rewatch this. Hmm. It's, it's like, like, like the, the, we watched the challenge and I went, yeah, I want to watch this again soon. This one was like, I don't want to, wa- I'll, maybe I'll watch it again in the future. It's like, but right now it's like, I'm, it's like it was a little well, slow. also have so, to do with the way the story is about the two movies have very different plots. Yeah. These types so, of movies are not ones you kind of want to watch. But no, just give you an idea. It's like something yeah. from a sim- the similar from the director. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm just Which is also about criminal underbelly and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So it's like, in the end, I end up giving this a three. Mm-hmm. Just because, just based entirely on the fact that it's so slow, and this isn't the my usual complaint of mm-hmm. '70s pacing or whatever. No, this is it, it's like I said, these long lingering shots, these long takes, these mm-hmm. long, it just doesn't. It needed to be cut a little bit more. It needed to be a little tighter. I don't disagree. All around, I don't disagree with that. Um, but the slower plot actually didn't really bother me at all. I didn't think it felt any longer than it was. I actually really enjoyed myself. It wasn't perfect because, as I said, it could have been cut down a little it's bit. It's like time didn't dilate like some movies we've watched. Not at all. But I, I, I honestly thought the movie was like over two hours. Hmm. And it clocks in at just under two hours. Well, I can't disagree with how you felt about it. So I'll just say that uh, I'll give it a four then. Uh, he'll, if he gives it a three, I'll give it a four. It's not like it's the best thing we've ever seen on the show. It's not even close to the worst. But as far as especially adaptions of Elmore Leonard stuff, like The Ambassador, it's definitely step up from that. And it's I would watch this again. Probably like not said, anytime soon, but I'm pretty sure I would. It's another one of those situations where if we were doing a point, uh, like a half system, mm-hmm. then I would go up. And then, but then, I could, and then again, at this point, if we're doing like half systems... I would literally be going. Why aren't we just doing it on out of ten? That's the whole thing because you do stuff like you kind of you kind of have to blow your whole rating system. Out. It's like some some days it's like I I I agree I miss the simplicity of the um, what do I call it yeah. uh, Ebert and Roper of thumbs, thumbs up, up or thumbs, thumbs down. down. So in the Ebert and Roper parlance, I'm a thumbs up for this movie. Pretty much, JD is a thumbs up for this movie. It's just a general. That. It's just a general. Uh, if you like these types of films, I yeah, would definitely it's, recommend it's watching. Totally it. Cromulent, it's totally Cromwellian. It works well. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, it's a good noir style film. It's like I do see myself going back and rewatching this. Mm-hmm. I do see myself maybe at some point if I see it like for purchase at a decent price I'd like I might pick up a copy just to have it for myself but I, I'm actually more interested in the source material at this point yeah definitely not the ambassador because once again stay away from the because there has to be something into the source material to make John Frankenheimer go I want to work with canon yeah because they own the rights to it and he went out of his way to go to them and said I want to make this into a movie and they said okay here you go understand it. that we're only going to give you a budget of roughly five to six million dollars you okay with that okay apparently he was because he did he did a good job didn't didn't seem out of a joint with anything he, i've seen of him before no or canon for that matter all right so uh, with that said that's pretty much it for this episode and we'll see you next time folks i'm jd he's randy i'm randy and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye roy scheider and margaret and vanity in john frankenheimer's suspense thriller 52 pickup from acclaimed novelist Elmore Leonard's gripping bestseller. We're Canon Films, and 